All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for another live edition of 410 Sports Talk. Mm-hmm. I am James Haskell, along with my faithful compadre, Glenn Martin, and DK in the background with a fresh cut. Uh, mm-hmm. We are excited to get uh, into all things Baltimore Ravens. It's been a while since we've been live. Uh, we got an exciting guest, as you guys can see in the in the title above. Glenn, how you doing this evening on a Wednesday night? Calling an audible, baby. That's right. I cannot wait to be live again. You know, the recorded stuff is cool and all, but I certainly miss being here live with the chat, with the boys. Can't wait. I, I will say I'm glad to see everyone starting to get back. You know, Ravens Nation starting to get back into talking and, and, and looking at what the Ravens can do to get yeah. better because I think a lot of people took some time off, Jimbo. It's, a lot of wounds need to be licked. I think some people needed more time this it felt like this loss hurt more than than one. I mean, I, I, it may. It's certainly right up there with the with the the 2006 playoff run that came to an end. Obviously, the 2011 playoff run that ended the way it did. But this might even beat them. I mean, it it, it really it, it really knocked some Ravens fans on their tuchus. But we're back. We're ready to we're ready to to try and help the you know figure out how this Ravens team can get better and hopefully get over the hump uh, that right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to talk about what the Ravens are going to do in this offseason. I know some people are more pessimistic than others, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm ready to uh, fend off all the pessimism, and uh, and uh, I, I'm fully entrenched in the the faith of the Baltimore Ravens front office, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it. So, uh, why don't we have Cole hop in here? Like I like Glenn said, we're going to talk really. We're going to dig into the offseason strategy, right? We're going to talk about yep. draft positional strengths. We're going to talk about free agents you know, areas of strength, areas of need. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about our current free agents, as in Ravens players that are hitting free agency now that we're going to try and retain all those things. So we might as well bring in the man, the myth, the legend, mm-hmm. Cole Jackson. Cole, how you doing this evening, my friend? We're back, boys. We are back, and it feels real good. Uh, I'm like, like Glenny just said, I, I, I did get knocked on my tuchus. That's a good way to put it, and I was a pretty damn poor sport about it. I've basically faded. This is the first piece of content I have done since we lost so what's up everyone glad to be here um getting ready you know i've been watching a lot of draft prospects in the uh in the background but uh i'm ready to just kind of cut it up and dive right into it yeah no we're gonna put the past behind us glenn what you're saying you need the sunglasses right oh dude future's bright i need shades because the future's so bright and it's bright for the baltimore ravens as well we know how they work they'll get us back to contention have us cheering in January, uh, and hopefully this time get it to to February. Um, I I do want to I do want to start. Let's see here. Uh, I guess we should we should yeah start, we got to talk um, about it at least a little bit. Yeah, uh, we we did a video of I guess a couple weeks ago now where we we first heard the news of Zay Flowers and and uh, some allegations and, and and all that stuff from from the Boston PD, and then it, it, they coupled with the Baltimore County PD. And we were fortunate enough to have a uh, Sean Pisker, a member of our fan base, who, who's a uh, who's a police officer as well, kind of come on and help tell us at least from a legal standpoint and, and the information that we knew. And we just kind of talked through the what ifs of the situation. But since then, as of the last couple of days, there has been another report out that's showing that the investigation into Zay Flowers from the Baltimore County Police has been uh, what closed? Is that the way mm-hmm. they they play? Yep. Okay, so it's been closed um, and. Now that doesn't mean it can't be reopened, but as of this moment, uh, everything uh, the the investigation is no longer taking place. So, uh, certainly good news for Ravens fans that Jay uh, Flowers isn't in any legal trouble. But Jimbo, I guess I'll, I'll start with you. Do you still do you believe that this this kind of makes sure that he's not going to have any trouble from the league or the Ravens, or do you think that's right. still be determined? Yeah, I think that's yet to be determined. We've seen similar scenarios, right, where even ultimately because of a bench trial, different scenario, right, uh, with Greg Hardy. That's his name, right, Greg Hardy? Yep. He was eventually – I don't even know if this is the right word. He was found not guilty. I don't know if exonerated is the word. But he certainly found right. not guilty during, during, you know, due to – the local law in the state in which he was charged. So what I'm trying to say is that he was found not guilty and he was still suspended. Right. right. And I even think, um, big wasn't, Ben wasn't big Ben. Yeah. Not guilty. I'm still sure. suspended. Yeah. Same thing with, um, uh, it wasn't also Zeke Elliott 
and then not get, you know, he was suspended. Jimmy Smith for Baltimore. Not guilty. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Smith. Not he was, I don't believe he was ever charged with anything, but he was suspended for four games in 2018. Right. It was, it's all about the personal conduct policy, right? So they can apply that to, it's like any anything. employer can apply that to anything that they believe made the employer um, look bad, basically, is that's personal conduct policy. It's like we all sign those when we go to our own jobs. So yeah. um, I, I would say unlikely, um, but definitely it's, uh, you know, and plus I, it seems like they suspended the case with new facts. You know how that thing that goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I don't think it's going, I don't think it's gone, but it's definitely, there was not enough evidence um, mm-hmm. from the investigation to file charges. And look, yeah. he felt he and Under Armour both felt confident enough that he was out there, you know, doing a thing for Under Armour and stuff like that. And I'm sure that's something they take into consideration uh, as well. So um, it seems to be moving on. The only thing I want to say is that, you know, obviously I hope that her and him resolve things in the best way that is healthy for them. And that for the sake of him and her, that like he learns from this mm-hmm. and he's able to <laughs> develop as a man from this. He's able to properly look himself in the mirror because whatever the scenario was he was in an inappropriate situation and i think that you know whatever the details we don't know all of them we never will but it's clear that he was in an inappropriate situation so he might need to mind who he keeps around him and how he acts in situations like let's hope that he just matures and this isn't a cycle right because no one wants to support a guy that's a terrible human being and i'm not accusing him of that but obviously a repetition of things such as this wouldn't would would make it hard to defend that he's not yeah right well let's just hope this is a blip and and uh we'll move on from from there but uh moving on to the rebuilding of this roster and and the offseason game plan i guess the the place i want to start and it 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 it, kind of ends with what we saw last year and and i think part of the reason why everybody was so bummed out is that it just seemed like last year the the stars aligned and, and the players have talked about it to have this collection of talent under that salary cap, getting guys for value, I think was, I mean, found up and down the roster from whether it was through the draft and getting getting production from maybe a late round guy or certainly in free agency, they they nailed it and knocked it out of the park. So Cole, I'm going to start with this question. What's your confidence level right now that the Ravens can get this roster back to a similar level of talent that they had last year? Yeah, no, it's a good question, and it's it's timely because we just saw uh, Brad Spielberg for PFF just put out a chart that uses their um, PFF war metric to show unrestricted free agents, uh, where they were signed, and how much war they produced. And Baltimore actually ranked as one of the best, uh, which is funny when you think about it because due to the Lamar Jackson contract situation. And when that contract ended up getting done, we were not active in free agency. Uh, you know, the first couple of days went by and they had re-signed Justice Hill and, uh, you know, a couple other minor signings, but nothing else had happened. So, I mean, the question is, where did that war come from? And it's really simple. It came from Kyle Van Noy and Jadavion Clowney. They hit on two of, if you did a ratio of performance to cost, for free agents, they would be the top two in the league. They were literally combined for $3.4 million cap hit, and you got 78 pressures and 11 sacks out of Clowney, and you got 53 pressures and nine sacks out of Kyle Van Noy. Uh, two, they were both top five pass rushers on the team uh, on, on a top defense. So it was just the, the return on that investment at a critical position of need, especially with Ojabo, who did not pan out this year, um, obviously due to injury. Um, and Owe kind of failed to take that next step that we were all hoping he would take. So though that it was just such a critical hit that, and we're going into next year, it's kind of the same needs again, right? Like we're talking about need to address the O-line, need to address the edge rusher situation and need to address wide receiver. Like it feels like we need to do every single year. Um, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough with limited resources. Their salary cap situation is not in a good state. They only have eight draft picks going into this, uh, going into this draft. They're obviously picking at the bottom of the first round where they need premium draft capital. So not to be a negative Nancy on the situation, but it's just a reality is going to hit. Like this is a daunting task for Eric DaCosta and his staff. Um, it's not going to be easy. And they're to, in order to, 
replicate the talent on the roster, they are going to have to find a couple guys to bring lightning in a bot- bottle like Clowney and Van Noy for cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so I, what I'm hearing after all that, Cole, after all that waxing poetically, is there's a chance. There's hey, a, you're, you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, there's a chance. That's all we need. Laura says, hey, wondering, has there ever been a team that lost this many coaches as we did? By the way, hello, guys. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even get into the coaches. Like the the fact that like and Keith Williams is now gone. Now like just to gone. see to see. I I had to laugh at the fact that Eric Bieniemy was employed by another team, but working with the Chiefs. Yeah, like what the are Chiefs we doing? Have, the Chiefs have lost nobody, and yet we've been ravaged. <laughs> like, uh, even the guy just, they lose is going back, giving them yeah, a chance like, before the championship. Just like, geez, was he sitting there wearing a Commanders hat, like <laughs> chilling with the boys before the game? Like it was the most bizarre thing. Yeah, and of course, losing Ortiz didn't help in the front office with this job that they have uh, upcoming this offseason. Well, Jimbo, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with Cole? Is that, is that your area of concern? Is the offensive line, the edge position, wide receiver? Would you add to that list? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these written down. I yeah yeah yeah. Uh, areas of concern for me. I I think the only yeah like those are the three areas of concern. But my only real area of concern is the offensive line. All things considered, I understand everything that you're saying, Cole, but I think that I would put Eric DaCosta and his teams back against the wall with their ability to draft well and then paired with John's ability to to develop players. Like, who thought Geno Stone was going to be anything, right? When Gus came on, who thought Gus was going to be anything? Who thought Keaton Mitchell was going to be the talent that he is? Now, I know, so my, and I know that there's example after example. That's what I'm leaning on to combat in my mind. (laughs) The reality of what you're saying, right? Like it is a re- all the things you're saying are absolute reality, but I'm hoping that those things between the ability to draft and the ability to develop players, the Ravens can continue to get the highest return on investment when it comes to impact players that they'll probably need to in order to continue to compete as a team. Uh, but for me, Glenn, to answer your question, the offensive line, because as, as daunting of a task it is, you still got eight and you need to keep eight healthy. If you don't eat all the other stuff, you can throw away. You know what I mean? You can have the best pass rush in the league. You got, what's the kid that played for Louisville and then was in the Patriots? He's now our only backup quarterback. What's Malik his... Cunningham. Mm. Yeah, you want him under center? <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, like, it's it's just, you gotta you gotta create a fortress up front, you know, get a moat around the castle and, and you gotta protect eight. Because if that's the case, we've seen Lamar Jackson do incredible things to become the unanimous MVP, throwing to no one. Like That's a fact. That's I a mean, fact. outside of the the ravenest Ravens fans. Can mm. anyone name anyone outside of Marquise Brown that Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball to in 2019? Very few people can do that that consider themselves Ravens fans. Yeah. So million words, but my answer is is we've got to get the O-line right. And I, I kind of want to talk about this, Cole, as a part of the offseason strategy. Because Glenn and I talked about this in one of our previous videos, and we want to get your thoughts on this. So as far as we understand, if they do a post-June 1 cut to – to Ronnie Stanley, they would save fifteen million dollars, but there'd be a they would you know incur eleven million dollars in dead money. So, where are you at with Ronnie? Because I know there's a lot of things to consider. You know, it's, in my mind, we kind of walked through this. In my mind, at first, I thought, "Give me my fifteen million and see you later." Like hit the bricks, right? But the Glenn was like, "Well, who are you playing a left tackle? You putting McCarry there? You're gonna yeah. draft a guy in the back half of the of the first round?" And put all your your chips, you know, your eggs in that basket per se. What's your take on Ronnie? He's a twenty six million dollar cap hit this year, and what what are your thoughts on how the Ravens should handle it? It's a great question, and I mean, it's it's the key question, right? Because uh, you also have Morgan Moses on the opposite side, where it's another situation. Well, it's actually a different situation because the cap savings is very appetizing. You save five and a half, and it's yeah. only like one point eight dead. Um, so that's like a pretty good go-to but Moses has been really solid right so um but with Stanley it's like 11 mil just spend on nothing uh so here's how I view it when you're drafting in the bottom of the first round I actually spent some time doing this so if you go through the last 10 years of draft classes there is no day one starting left tackle drafted outside of the first round except for Donovan Smith in 2016 2015 and 
Cam Robinson uh, in 2017, if I have the years right. Um, those are the only two guys drafted outside of the top 20 that started at left, left tackle as a rookie week one. That is absurd. And we're picking at 30. So it's not even like, and I, I so I mean, the, the rebuttal to this is it's a deep tackle class. Seems that way, but then you dive into it and you have JC Latham, you have uh, Talis Fuenga, you have Amarius Mims, you have Tyler Guyton, all tackles projected to go in the first round, all tackles that have only played right tackle as college football players so now you're like oh shit like i need a left tackle week one so it's just one of those things where i I completely understand the cap situation i completely understand the savings completely agree ronnie stanley is not a 26 million dollar player but who the hell are you replacing him with now so the question is now what do we do there's one scenario that makes sense in my head and that is if, and it's the problem with doing this is you, so you have to designate him as a June 1st, a post June 1st cut. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that money till after June 1st. So it's not helping your cap situation right away anyway, but they would have to sign a veteran to play left tackle that they can trust. And there's really only one guy that's going to not eat more than the 11 million you're eventually going to save. And that's Trent Brown from the new England Patriots. So like, the scenario in my head for what's the path to do this is literally cut Ronnie, sign Trent Brown, and save no money, but you have a better left tackle. He's a little bit older, a little bit of an injury concern. A little but he's bit heavier. A little bit heavier, a little bit better fit for a gap scheme. Uh, that's what the Patriots have been running. It looks like Todd Munkin wants to be kind of, you know, that empty four, or not empty formation, that five-man protection formation, spread guys out run zone like they they want that athletic guy so the problem is ronnie stanley's skill set if he's not hurt fits what you need in the todd munkin offense at left tackle the problem is he just you haven't been able to trust him you haven't been able to trust him to stay healthy you know that strip sack was completely on him in in the afc championship game which is unfortunate because he only allowed three pressures in the entire playoffs but one of them was a strip sack and that's all stuck in our heads. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have negative plays like that. Um, so it's an impossible situation because I really don't think, I guess. So to, to end with where I'm going with this, you're either starting a rookie at left tackle that I'm not sure is going to be just based on history, a fit for a day one starting left tackle because we're picking so late or two, you've cherry picked yourself into one free agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could add maybe Tyron Smith to that list because he's again, a veteran that might sign for less really talented. I, I would imagine he's just going to go back to Dallas. Right. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of the only scenario where it makes sense in my head to cut Ronnie Stanley. I'm not starting Patrick McCary. Maybe you could convince me that, you know, if you get a guy like, uh, I don't know, like the kid out of Yale, uh, the left tackle out of mm-hmm. Yale. Maybe you could start McCary for a few weeks, work him in, do the rotation, that sort of thing. Maybe you could convince me of that, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's an upgrade over Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, I don't even know if Trent Brown, I mean, I don't know if it's a given that he's, he's just, sure. I don't know if he's up not, a lot too. And he's not trustworthy to me. I mean, look at, look at the way, golly day, Orlando, when Orlando Brown looks better than you. oh man come on well here's the other concern i i saw this stat the three most uh well it showed a list of a lot more than just three but the most penalized offensive players i don't know if you saw this yep but three two of the top three were ravens offensive linemen left side of the offensive line yeah playing right next to each other john simpson second in the league with 96 penalty yards and ronnie right behind him with 90 and, and and then you're going, well, dang, that's that's kind of tough because you may have to replace the whole left side or go with these guys who are heavily penalized. Now, l- let's talk about the right because I know one of your guys, a guy you really championed for them bringing back, they decide not to bring back Kevin Zeitler before the February 19th deadline that caused four point something million to hit as dead money. Does that mean he's definitely not coming back? And then what's the plan for right guard? Yeah, and I mean, again, we haven't even talked about potentially, like right now you basically have your left tackle, center, right tackle returning, you're placing both guards. One thing I would add into that previous conversation we just had, because I do think it is important, if they upgrade their left guard, I think that really helps Ronnie Stanley because they had to provide so much help 
to John Simpson. He literally blocked air all year. Like it was the same as Ben Powers. They were constantly sliding Tyler Linderbaum to the left side. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Zeitler in that regard here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I, that that is something like a guy like Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, who is a very, very good pass protector. If, if the plan is to draft him at 30 and play him at left guard, then suddenly you have a very athletic, decent pass protecting left side of your offensive line, which I think might help Stanley. So just a little bit of context there, but what the hell are they going to do on the right side? Because, yeah, I was surprised. I really thought because of the, the dead cap hit, um, they would bring back Zeitler uh, just because now you're paying $4 million for a guy that's not on your team. I yeah. think he's a, he's a vet that wanted to be here. Um, I know for a fact he wanted to be here. They didn't want to, uh, they don't want to be, you know, moving again. I think he wanted to finish his career here. Um, found a good fit. He had performed. Uh, but I have it from what I've heard. They didn't even have an extension conversation with him, despite the reports that there was negotiating. I don't think that actually occurred. So, um, that is what was so interesting to me. Um, it doesn't mean that just because that dead money has hit, it doesn't mean they can't bring him back at a later date. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, but I would strongly urge them to bring him back just because again, I think there's a lot of value in considering upgrading at right tackle. And I think having a vet like Zeitler at right guard would be a way to do that. If not, you're basically plugging in two new guards with your old left tackle center, right tackle, which I don't, I also hate as a, as a, as a potential approach, because I think you could get some very athletic, some very high pass protecting guards um, in the draft. You don't need to do it as early. Uh, you can kind of do it with like your, your second and fourth round pick and get some guys that could maybe start day one. So, um, you know, what that's what I'm like, Cole, any, anything, <sighs> A lot of people to, like Fale. Yeah, I need him to lose 20, 30 pounds. Like it's he's the most frustrating player. Um, it's he's one of those players, and you see this sometimes when you not only change offensive coordinators, but you're changing offensive systems. We went from a very gap heavy, um, downhill power running football team. Uh, they used a lot more heavy formations. They had like Greg Roman loved to provide tight end help and pass protection. Todd Munkin fucking hates it for some reason. Like he does not want to provide help to his tackles. We saw it all year. Um, I I just don't think he's a good scheme fit. I, th- I think saying he needs to lose some weight because he needs to be quicker on his feet. He's so him. unathletic. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and like he's not helping himself. I think he's too slow out of his uh, way too slow out of his stance. Um, so there's some nuances within his skill development that just haven't got there. But he's one of those guys where. You know, if he if he does the right things, if he prepares his body appropriately, I can see him making the developmental jump. But there's no way I'm banking on him as a as a right tackle. If they want to bring in a guy to kind of and and I mean, you saw it when he was rotating in. Like he just he's just not athletic enough. And if he's not the type of right tackle you want to be taking twenty ish. 2025 20, pass snaps with no help. Like he's he's gonna yeah, get. We got TJ Watts. We got Miles Garrett. That's right. You know, I mean, the you know, uh, the boys in Cincinnati too. Yeah, that's a problem. He was yeah. drafted for a Greg Roman offense. That's the reality. Now, I, I want to kind of get back to the the left guard real quick. Thank you, Asmodeus Thanos. We appreciate the McChickens. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, but I, I just want to talk about the um, our uh, one guy that we really liked. He was our last pick in the draft last year. Just want to say that I got that one right. Um, just reminding Glenn of who the draft master is. Uh, who'd you predict i predict i predict is a flowers and Voorhees. damn those two i got those two right but i just am curious to know what your take is on him is there any way he can come in and and be the guy that you're talking about be that that help you know be an improvement from simpson or is it you know is he basically yeah, a Voorhees video cole you know what i mean yeah. what you've seen no. is it is it not there you know what i mean no i i think he's the I'm really, again, I think Voorhees is the type of guy that was a better fit for a gap scheme offense. Um, that was the only thing I had. I, I loved his pass protection. I like how physical he is. Um, I think he's got a hilarious last name for an offensive lineman, just mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees. How fun is that? Um, so, you know, there are definitely some things that he does well, and he's just a gamer. Like, he's just one of those guys where I'm never going to take him uh, out of the mix in terms of, but he's a guy that, 
He's coming off an ACL injury. We've seen some guys in recent years struggle to come back healthy right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, usually those guys were getting hurt in the late summer throughout the season. We're almost one year out from the combine last year when he did tear his ACL. Mm-hmm. The fact that he tore his ACL and still got on the bench press and broke a record is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to talk about what a gamer he is. Um, so he's absolutely going to factor into the left guard battle. I would like him as a better fit at left guard than right guard. Um specifically because uh he was basically left guard left tackle at usc i want to keep him on his natural side um so i mean like there's your your, your week one o-line right now before the offseason is ronnie stanley andrew Voorhees, tyler linderbaum ben cleveland morgan moses mm-hmm. that's not horrible that's not bottom of the league it's just not very good right so it's mm-hmm. where can they upgrade is the question mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things where uh, you know, I think they want to upgrade over a Ben Cleveland. I think they want to upgrade over Morgan Moses. So how they go about it in the draft will be really interesting. But with those five, again, I don't think it's a good offensive line, but I don't think it's also like a complete liability that's not going to be effective, especially like they have an all pro potential guy at center. Um, if Ronnie's healthy, he can be a good pass protecting left tackle. So, I mean, there's some redeeming qualities there. Um so yeah. Hmm. Okay. Jimbo, mm. I got a question. Do you want them to go into this offseason with more of a focus? I mean, I guess they're gonna they're gonna focus on both sides of the ball, but I, I see a lot of people saying that they, they, the defense they trust us to draft and develop defensive players, but be mm-hmm. more aggressive in free agency and through trading on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, some pointing that we still need a wide receiver who's more of a big body possession guy, even though, I mean, I see we have Glenn, that. That sounds like something you would say. No, no, you know, oh, I love from other people guys, but no, this is just, I'm just per- perusing Twitter. Okay. But because I, I also know we got two pretty good tight ends that can catch the ball and they're pretty big bodies. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Do you think, cause you said wide receiver is a target. Is that the target you want a big body 50, 50 guy? Like what? What do you because there's like Mike Williams, T Higgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's more than I'm. Oh, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, there, there's a bunch that could be on the market from free agency. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna say this. I don't discriminate on body type. You can be whatever you want. Uh, coming from a short guy, look at that. That's right. That. You you can be what. Look, dude, my, Steve Smith ain't a hair taller than me. I'll tell you what, and Steve Smith will work any corner you want to put he in front of him. Beat the hell out of me in, in my own house. Yeah. You know what we need? We need a tall, fat guy to f- complete the quad here because we got. <laughs> I'm the short, fat guy. Jimmy's the short, skinny guy. Glenn's the tall, skinny guy. So we're just missing the tall, fat guy here. <laughs> the ginormous, big. Like I need someone six five, three ten. Drop, drop a comment in the chat. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, just, just absolutely like, you know, like twenty. No, no, I want, I want sloppy. You know, I want a big boy. <laughs> You, know. you can give him that Orlando Brown jersey. <laughs> exactly. Oh god. No, but uh I mean Oh my gosh. What were, Oh right. So the 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 way that I see this is I I think that you know a big determining factor here is what's available to you and the Ravens have shown flexibility in their attack, right? It's just really about what the card What's the saying in poker, right? Like you got to play the cards that are they're dealt. Yeah. Yeah, right. So like depending on what the market is, I don't think it's fair to be rigid and say defensively, we need to draft offensively. We need to go after guys in free agency. No, we need to play the cards that are out there. Right? So if there are guys out there that are worth going out to get, well then let's do that. And if guys in the draft, we feel comfortable with, well, let's prepare for that. So I don't know if I have a, a, uh, an answer as far as how, what I would prefer that they do. But I, I do think that the Ravens would benefit from a outside guy that Lamar can you remember when when Joe fumbled the ball and then threw it up and all of a sudden Steve Smith came down with the ball mm, mm, mm-hmm. like just a dog yeah just a guy that you can just like you know what I'm not gonna look I'm just gonna throw it because I see one on one yeah or you know something. what I mean like dude he just looks over and he like draws on his hand and it's just a straight line You're like you see that dude just drawing on the back of the ball yeah go dude just go right like one of those guys but look zay could develop into that you know this is a rookie season he absolutely took off he's a little smaller but yeah yeah but i mean same idea and that like you just got to have the confidence the guy's gonna go up and get it yeah so i don't know right i don't know if it needs to be 
uh, a giant guy. Look, I'm also okay. of that list. If they said Mike Evans is coming to Baltimore, I would jump out of my skin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cole, if, if, do you think that it's going to have to be through the draft? Do you see a possibility for the Ravens getting a guy in free agency with the cap constraints? Yeah, no, Jimmy just kind of hit it. Like, I mean, I'm kind of weird with the wide receiver position because – I think they're going to be a 12 personnel dominant team next year. Obviously you'll still see 11 personnel um, or like 12 or 21, whatever you want to call Ricard. I mean, should be called a tight end anyway. Um, but uh, you know, they're not going to play as many three wide receiver sets this year. I don't think so. It's like either you got to get a guy that is a top two or you got to get depth. And I don't really see the in between there. So it's like, either go spend money on a Mike Evans, which I don't think they have the money to do that. Right. Or, you know, spend your first round pick on like a Keon Coleman type guy, or probably just draft a guy in the fourth and there's your depth and you're going to rock with Bateman. I, I just, I don't really see the in between there. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I know that's kind of a, not an ideal opinion, but it's just like either you're getting a guy that's going to beat out Bateman or you're rolling with Bateman. Like, I, I don't see like the way they brought back Aguilar, for example, right? Like that, mm. that's not the free agent you want to get. That's going to be a, he's going to be your depth guy, a guy that can come in and give you, you know, 30 catches and, you know, a couple touchdowns, but not a guy that's going to be a go-to focal point. Um, I think they want to, again, be that 12 personnel dominant team. Likely's broken out. Mark Andrews will be back. Um, the beauty about Mark Andrews is we don't have to worry about him trying to get healthy throughout the summer. He's already healthy enough to play a game. He'll be ready to go um, come around You know, the next year. Bateman's going to hopefully have a healthy offseason. So again, it's they either have to invest early or just get a depth guy later that they're going to try and develop. That's kind of my take on the situation. Gotcha. Yeah. I know yeah last thing I want to say, Glenn, you also crushed it with the Nelly video. There was only two things I wanted to add mm. that, that make this really awesome. There's two people that trust in Nelson Aguilar a lot, and that's clearly Lamar Jackson. And that's clearly Todd Munkin. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes that signing even much more uh, important and higher in its value because he's not a, you know, he's not like a household name around the league. Not everybody loves Nelson Aguilar. Obviously Philly hates him. Uh, but he's done well here and Lamar seems to trust him. He just, he's done. done. he's done exactly what you would have expected him to do, which is kind of what you want out of some of these depth guys, right? Like you want mm -hmm. them to go in and make a play. And I feel like anytime Aguilar was in there, he was able to again. he wasn't going to blow the doors off guy. He wasn't going to be making contested catches, but he also wasn't fucking up and dropping the football, which, you know, was what plagued him throughout his career. Right. So, um, you know, I, there's a couple guys out there. If you look through, like maybe you want to roll the dice on like, the Texans got some out of Noah Brown. Is that a guy that you think could come in here and, you know, maybe be that contested catch deep ball guy. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's more of an Aguilar situation where he's going to come in on a rotational basis. Yeah. He's not going to be kind of an every damn player. So I just think it's either you make the heavy investment or you go for a depth guy. And I feel like they already got one depth guy in Aguilar. I don't think they'd spend on another depth guy given the cap situation. So you know, folks out there start studying your fourth round wide receivers with yeah. two fourth round picks. I think that's where you go. This is the last thing I want to say about the wide receivers here, just to kind of round this out. Obviously, Glenn, if you have a comment, uh, add to it, but the one, the last input I personally have is, um, one, I'm not so concerned about the wide receivers. Just like, as I said before, I think that, you know, if you look at the chiefs and their blueprint, they just won two super bowls after offloading Tyreek Hill. Right. Like they have obviously uh, the, the best tight end, the league, maybe the best tight end ever. Uh, but I don't think it's it's uh, conceivable to say that he's leaps and bounds above Mark Andrews. And we have two of them in an emerging guy like Isaiah Likely, right? So the the other cast is what it is. Uh, the second thing, I, I so to me, the priority, of course, ahead of that would be the O-line. The second thing is that when it comes to Nelly, it's also not unconceivable to think that he could be asked to do more, and we've seen him do more. Obviously, everyone saw what he did that year in the Raiders. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I, I still think there's more like uh, left to be had there and, and what he can do. I'm not saying he's jump into a number one role, but I think he can be much more than he was last year uh, in his uses. And it's not yeah. too big of a role for him. Uh, so it's fair. Anyway. Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I remember last year, everyone's saying that this is the best group of weapons Lamar's ever had. This is a great pass catching core. They have six of the seven leading pass catchers under contract for next year. Only guy not is Odell Beckham. So, I, I do find it interesting that some people are uh, already going now the pass catchers are trash right. when only one guy is missing. It's OBJ. Yeah. Uh, that, that's 
that's kind of uh you yeah. know anyway uh cole, cole we you appreciate go. your time gotcha. good luck with the kiddos thank you so much man we're looking Thanks. forward to having you i know on. you guys get it in 14 days or so we're gonna be making this an every other week thing so thank you much thank you so much cole have a good evening say hi thanks to for you. having me on guys and yeah folks Absolutely. i'll be joining every couple weeks so if you guys want to save draft questions if there's guys you want to hear about drop them down in the comments below i'll make sure i watch them so i can give you guys some opinions on them appreciate it thanks cole. y'all see ya see you, cole. cool all right well uh, Glenn, you've yeah. been doing good with the questions tonight, dude. I feel like I got to give yeah. you a question now. You've been firing all these questions off. Just trying to keep everyone involved, you know? No, trying to I'm make sure everyone's it. Been yeah. crushing it with the questions tonight. But I, I got wanna... notes. I got notes. Dude, you are pretty. I see over there with your Skip Bayless, got the pen right. going and the, dude. you know, but I want to talk about a position. Pen and paper, baby. That's right. Nothing like it. It's old classic. You know, dude, it's like peanut butter and jelly, baby. That's it. Dude, let me tell you what, real quick. I've taken my peanut butter and jelly game to another level. You know why? I make my own peanut butter now. Dude, I will never go back to store-bought peanut butter in my life. Hold on. Amazing. In, in, in the fastest way possible, how do you make peanut butter at home? Super easy. I buy peanuts. I put them in a food processor for like four minutes. Boom. That's it. It's done. We don't have to add nothing to make it buttery? It's, it's just the dust turns into butter? Because, well, yeah, it just, at first it dusts. And okay. then from the oil, I mean, from the, from the peanuts themselves, oils it up and you got peanut butter. That's it. There's no additives. Nothing. No sugar. No. <laughs> no Nutella. No, dude. It's right. amazing. So try Damn. it. Damn. Okay. Uh, wow. But, but anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, we haven't talked about the running back room. Yeah. I know everyone's excited about Keaton Mitchell, and but we don't know what he's going to be. We got Justice Hill. Basically, at this point, we got Justice Hill. Yeah. What do, what, what do we do here? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Keaton Mitchell is really an option next right. year with the timing of his injury. I expect – I don't count Keaton Mitchell as a guy who's going to be productive for the Ravens next year, and if we get anything out of him, that's just you know a cherry on top. So – I agree with you. Right now we have Justice Hill in the backfield. So, you know, we're going to do some standalone videos on a couple guys that have been linked to the Ravens. Uh, but I, I got to say, I, I think the answer could be in free agency, Jimbo. I mean, look, you've seen this team find running backs as undrafted guys. So certainly they could do so. They could go down that route, get a guy in who's an undrafted, find the the needle in the haystack like they did. I mean, it's not like this is long ago. We're talking about right. Gus and Keaton Mitchell, who were literally right. the performers last year, were undrafted guys. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. They could also draft a guy. They've had plenty of luck doing so drafting. Uh, but look, don't be surprised if Derrick Henry's not here because you can get him on the cheap. He's an older guy, a guy who I think wants to make a run at it. And so don't be surprised if they don't add a little bit of a, you know, a little flash to the backfield or, I mean, look, if they, they really want to get a little flashy, they go, oh call, they go call Saquon, you know Dude, what I'm saying? Let me tell you, well, we're going to have a whole video on this. Yes. So make sure yes. you guys stay tuned. But I agree with you in that they could go dive in the running back free agency market because. Eric DaCosta has always found unique ways to gain value on the money, like to, to get value on the money spent. Yeah. Right. So if what, maybe you, you pay more in an undervalued market, but then at that player playing here, while the market undervalues that player, we might not undervalue that position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, we, we did something similar Oh, dang it. We talked about this before, and I feel like it had to do with the tight end room. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just think that Eric has always been unique in the way that he does this. So I wouldn't be surprised either. The Ravens take a take a swim. Yeah. Check the temperature of the water of the running back room. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there. <clears throat> now, Glenn, I, I want to – we talked about this idea. I don't know if you have it prepared, though. Do you have – remember we talked about the one thing – in each in each area mm, mm. do we yeah, want to I save mean, this for another video we could we could say we i, I tell you we we could circle back to that as, as a standalone video because i do i do kind of have a question i've been seeing a lot of people lately talking about marlon humphrey and the cap savings that the ravens oh, could have if they got rid of him. i've even seen trades 
linked to Marlon Humphrey and being traded elsewhere. Uh, well, I guess I, then my next question, uh, I already know the answer. I mean, do you have any, any desires to see Marlon Humphrey not on this team, even if that means saving a couple of dollars? All right. I'm going to answer this question by, by telling you a story. Okay. All right. Tell me a story. A, a confidant of a, a friend of mine, a family member of mine who I will not name did something that I disagree name with. Name him. No, no I, I can't. Well, I can't. Maybe I will. Did something that I disagree with. Okay. <clears throat> they just, they got a, an asset for free and that was a Toyota Corolla. Really great little car. Oh, I right? got one. <clears throat> yeah. I think it had under 150,000 miles on it. They decided to <laughs> sell it. Still it was a baby. Free. It was given to them. So it was free. Okay. Okay. And in today's car economy, they decided yeah. to willingly sell it because they needed cash at the time. Right. And, and needed is a strong word. They didn't need wow. the cash at the time. They okay. wanted the cash at the time. And I tried to implore them that you hold on to that asset because the market we are in with mm -hmm. that $4,000, you get nothing close to what you have in the driveway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not a chance. Right. Right. You get a junker that is on its last leg and ain't going to pass inspections. Got four different tires on it. It's got mm -hmm. four boards that are rusted. And, and if you buy a new one, you're paying interest. Dude, you got something for free. Hold mm -hmm. on to that sucker. Right. Right. So the wheels fall off. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So my, my point in saying all that is like Marlon Humphrey is 27. He is a top tier corner mm -hmm. and I don't think he's overpaid. Stop it. Because the corner market is out of this world. Mm -hmm. You want to go swimming in a market? It ain't the cornerback market. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I you keep you keep him. He's a raven in his in his DNA. Mm -hmm. He's a great guy to have around. Generally speaking, he's healthy. Yeah. I know last year he was banged up and he had some bad moments and this, that, and the other, but I think 90% of that was just re related to health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's outrageous. I, I don't do it. That's insane. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Do you look at, at corner, though, as a pretty big area of need, even with Marlon on the team? Well, the one thing I – let's see. Brandon Brandon Stevens is what? He's still under contract, right? Yeah, he's still here. Um, yeah. Ronald Darby. I, so you need some depth? I, I think – is Ronald Darby still here? He might not be. He might be Right, gone. so you need some depth. Yeah. But I wouldn't see it as like a, I mean, you got two guys. How many guys in the league say you can, you can get, you know, you got two guys that are both that talented. Cause I think Brandon Stevens has now played himself into being a top half of the league corner. My opinion, yeah. um, that might be pushing it. And maybe I'm a little jaded, but I think he's right there. And I think he's got an argument to be there. Yeah. Oh, well, for certainly coming off this season. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. how many guys can say they got that? I, I, I'm yeah. not crazy concerned about the cornerback room. Um, but they, they don't have – they do not have Ronald Darby. Rocky Sin is also gone. Arthur Mollett is gone. Yeah, they they need to address it in a big, big way. Of course, I, I do believe they still have Ardarius Washington, Jalen Armour Davis, but at this point, can you really count on those guys producing for you at right. any, you know, any point in the middle or latter part of the season? Uh, I, I'm not so sure. So I do think they need to address corner, and – See, the problem is, Jimbo, a lot of times we're used to this Ravens team having, you know, double-digit draft yeah, picks 14, going into 18, 18, yeah. no, 18, I'm kidding. But, yeah. I'll, but, I mean, picks. to have just eight, I mean, we say just eight, but they only start with seven uh, before, you know, comp picks and, and anything like that. But eight picks is not a lot in Ravens terms. Do you do you see this as a, as a year where the Ravens sitting at 30, Already at the back end of the first round. Do you trade see right this as that sucker? a trade out? Because you know teams love to get in the back end of the first round to get that fifth-year option on a talented player. Do you see this as a prime year where we could sit all night? I can see us now mm -hmm. at Ellie's Tavern, sitting there waiting all night. That 30th pick, they trade right out. <laughs> yep. The Ravens have traded with the New York football giants. That's right. For a guy from Germany, <laughs> they like take a guy that they fell in love with, right? Yeah, no, I can absolutely see that because I think overall, if I'm not mistaken, the things I've heard about this draft, regardless of position, it's pretty deep. Yeah. It's pretty deep. And so, um, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to try and get as many at-bats as they can because that's their motto anyway. Uh, but also because the way Lamar's deal lines up, the, you know, they need to dig deeper when it comes yeah. to the draft.
right? They need to invest even more in the draft because that's how you get talent at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. I mean, so yeah, I, uh, I think that they will end up with double digit picks. And you know what would be also, you know, it would be really funny too is they've had multiple second round picks only because Eric is like infamous for having no second round. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, you know, but this would be the year he ends up with like four, like three, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But- I, mean, I see a lot of people talking about, um, uh, let's see. What were they? Oh yeah. Comp picks. We already, you know, it's the next year. Like we're not going to get anything this year. Right for Zeitler or any of those, like we're not getting anything for those guys. We get, I think one pick for Ben powers last year was the only, was there any other, the highest signed? Oh, well not one pick, but what, what round did we get? Did we get a third round? At lowest, the worst we got is a fourth, but I think the best you can get is a third. Yeah. yeah, Depending on their value and performance, but yeah. 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 um, But yeah, yeah, we ain't getting those this year. No, I don't think we got it. We were rewarded and we were awarded any, were we? I think just Ben, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But just outside, one. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't yeah, I don't think there was where there's been other years we've had multiple. Oh, yeah. Uh, but sure. yeah, I don't think that that's the case this year. But um, I mean, look, comp picks are great, but a guy like Meta BK to leave for a third round comp, even if he gets a third round comp, that ain't worth no Meta BK walking no. out the door. I doubt I mean, look, no. where did we draft him? I guess it's theoretically possible you could replace him judging by where we drafted them, but you certainly can't bank on being able to yeah. do so. And this is the other thing I think Ravens fans should get used to. And it's Eric talked about, it's a good problem to have, but this is going to be the makeup of this team. It's going to be Lamar. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be a lot of young guys and a lot of old guys, a lot of young guys that are at the beginning of their career and that are undervalued. And a lot of old guys that are on the back end of their career and that are undervalued. Maybe chasing a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? The guys but in the middle right. yeah. at the meat of their contract, they're going to be few and far between. I'm not saying it's never going to Well, gonna they're going to pick up. They're only going to do certain ones. It looks right. like the spine of the defense, like we see mm-hmm. in baseball. Yep. We talk about catcher, shortstop, center field. Yep. The spine of the defense. It looks like they're trying to work something out with Meta BK, obviously Roquan, and hopefully Kyle Hamilton when his time is up. Right. But you're right. It's a select few that will stay around for the long term. Yeah. Outside of that, it's all bargain shopping, guys. They're go- The Ravens go right to the back of the store to the clearance mm-hmm. section mm-hmm. right to the back and that's okay because it's a good problem to have we have an incredible quarterback yep i would much rather be in in this situation than in another like now the Steelers. Ugh. now they if still you, don't know <laughs> right if you were a different franchise that can't draft to save your life yeah then you're in a serious problem because mm-hmm. you just paid a guy you constrained yourself and now you can't draft around him Mm-hmm. but the Ravens can draft. That's why I'm not overly pessimistic about this off season. They're going to get it done. They ha- almost always have, I'm not saying they have a perfect track record, but right. Eric does a hell of a good job. I, I want Eric up to bat when it comes to the draft and anybody else in the league right now. My, just me. No, nah, I mean, he's been hitting home runs the last few. So there's no way, you know, you could, you could really pick someone above them. I, I do have confidence in them. I will say it, I got to imagine in 2011 when we had that heartbreaking loss, we probably felt like, oh, there's no way we'll we'll have right. a team. You know, th- you know, it happens every year. So I'm hopeful that and we were a much older team then too. Yeah, at least defensively, we were certainly well, old. Certainly, I mean, I think if we would have won it that year, Ray would have hung it up that year. You know, yep. but he came back one more year, hoping uh, that we could get it done, and we certainly did. Uh, I saw Geno Stone doing an interview. He yeah. talked about. You know how this is home, but business is business. And mm-hmm. we certainly understand that. He earned his way into a massive uh, pay increase, and I'm happy for the guy. But with that being said, I've seen a lot of people still linking or still putting safety as one of the highest priorities this offseason, saying we don't want to give up what we have and the ability to move Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton around. You want to, if you want to stick him at a traditional free, uh, strong safety role, you're limiting what he can be as a player. Yeah. So what's your take on bringing in maybe a veteran safety? That way you can keep Kyle Hamilton in a more mobile you know, role. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that idea uh, because it's similar to the running back market. It's kind of a, a suppressed or, or a, a, an undervalued position right now for one reason or another. Uh, so you can get a guy on the cheap in the free agency market, an older guy, uh, certainly. And then, uh, you, but you can also maybe draft a guy later who you think has the ability to step in 
and be a, surrounded by a Kyle Hamilton and a Marcus Williams and be insulated enough to play in a role that still allows Kyle to, to do those things. So I yep. think you can address that in a couple of ways. I think that's a, that's a good point. And we certainly don't want to give up on that. So I, I agree. I agree there. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I think, oh, so let me uh, get to Esmodius real quick. Esmodius Stenoz says, I'm 100% on board with BPA. Those best player easy. available, I mm. believe. Those are Eric's best drafts. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So if I understand this correctly, you just, I mean, I obviously know what the concept is, but what he's saying is. Well, it just looked like last year, Kyle Hamilton was just best. I mean, two yeah, years yeah. ago, he. He was just the best player, fell in their lap. Wasn't necessarily right. the biggest need, safety. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think Tasmodis' point is it's best to go into the draft without any glaring needs. Yeah, that yeah, way sure. you can stick to that best player available because, man, did it did it pay off uh, with Kyle Hamilton? Holy smokes. Dude, and then so, and then so, bro. I mean, goodness gracious, this guy's improved every year. Um, yeah, I don't know. At first, look, I know I've said this uh, since we've lost, it's all about show me what you can do in the playoffs, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's also unfair for me to not feel good about what the Ravens can do in the off season. Cause they just do it Every time year. after time for the most part. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I'm at with this whole thing. I'm excited to break down the draft Glenn. I'm excited to get into the positions. I'm excited to be correct on my projections again. No, nah, uh, this is, my this is my year. Look, I watch so much. I watch like every year. It seems like I watch more and more film on yeah, guys. Yeah. And I watch so much. I, who did I predict? I don't even remember who I predicted in the first, but it wasn't Zay. I was, I know it wasn't Zay. I, I wanted Zay, but I didn't think he'd be there. Was right, it a right. corner? I think it was a corner. It might've been a, Oh, you know what? It was, it was the one from the commanders. Forbes. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel yeah. Forbes. Um, Porter. DK said you picked Porter. No, not Joey Porter. Emmanuel Forbes was my guy. Uh, oh, okay. Coming out. Yeah. Yeah. He was my guy. And look, I'll be honest. He didn't look great when we saw him up close and personal in those, uh, that, that joint practice. No. So I'm glad they picked Zay. Um, but yeah, yeah, this year you're, you're in, you're in trouble here, Jimbo. I'm coming yeah. for you. Well, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I cannot wait. Uh, so I, I think that's it for us tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, we're, we were, we were hoping to have, I was hoping to ask Cole some defensive. We got so caught up on the offensive side of the yeah. ball. We're able to transition before he had to go. But we certainly will have a bunch. Like Cole said, we're going to have him on every other Tuesday. Uh, we had to push it back from yesterday to today from some scheduling purposes. But typically, he'll be here every other Tuesday. And please, if you guys have some, I know this time of year, we typically have a bunch of guys mentioned. Uh, for like prospects that you guys want us to look at, please do. We'll pass those names on along. Yep. I'll, you know, of course we'll do what we can to watch them, but uh, pass them along to Cole as well to get his expert eye on those prospects and see if they were kind of fits for this team and this culture. Um, yep. But yeah, I can't wait to get into this off season. Every, every year it sucks when we lose, but I love roster construction. I love it from free agency to, to draft to obviously that, that second wave of free agency after the draft yep. is over. I love all of it. Can't get enough of it. And uh, I hope you guys are going to be along for the ride because we will not be – we'll make sure you keep up to date on everything. That's right. I just got a couple things I want to add to that, Glenn. We got a couple awesome videos coming up we want to make sure you guys turn your notifications yeah. and subscribe for. We're going to do a Saquon versus uh, versus uh, Derrick yeah. Henry mm -hmm. uh, debate. We're going to do official offseason off -season predictions. We're going to do positional breakdowns, obviously draft outlook. Uh, and then also look around at the top free agents in the league, just like Glenn said. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned. That's it for us tonight, folks. We will talk to you guys soon. See you.